You're listening to This Girl Can, real stories from real women celebrating getting active in all different kinds of ways. This series was recorded during the coronavirus pandemic in Australia, when the women that you're hearing from were at home, either with their families or on their own. All the interviews were done over the phone. We hope that these stories inspire you to feel good and get active in your own way. I think I must have been about 10 years old and my sister and I were visiting a family who lived up in the mountains in New Guinea and it was an afternoon and we were playing on the side of a hill. If you just imagine that it's kind of cloudy and really humid, it's just rained and we've been playing outside in the mud and I just remember chasing my friends and we ran down the hill and we ran through these big long tall grasses. There was the scent of moist soil the scent of grass, the scent of rain on lush foliage around me and my bare feet. I remember them just like slapping on this hard mud path. I just felt totally at one with nature, 100% happy and free and, and wild. And I remember the memory involves me running and, and so the part that I play in that memory is that I was physically engaged and I was running and my heart racing and just big grin on my face so it was a very visceral experience and I I often recall that and it brings me so much joy just to remember that. My name is Karen, I am 50 years old I work as a spiritual care practitioner, which is the new word for chaplain, so a hospital chaplain. So I work in a public hospital in Melbourne's east. I was actually born in uh, Papua New Guinea on the very north coast. My father was a missionary pilot and we grew up in Papua New Guinea and also in Northern Territory in Australia. So my childhood was very, what's the word, very natural. I was just in shorts and t-shirt every day, bare feet. I grew up in the tropics. I had short hair. So basically we were just, I don't know, I look back now and I think we were fairly wild actually. Yeah, it was a very natural and a very outdoorsy childhood, but I had to be the fastest. I had to climb the highest tree. We used to do these things called the drops where you would hang upside down and then drop onto the ground. And I had to be the one that that dropped from the highest branch or the highest bar. Yeah, I just had to beat everyone all the time. <laughs> so, so very physical and that expressed who I was, I think. So when I was 17, I'd actually left school already. I was working and I just suddenly felt a bit of pain above my right knee and it actually felt like I'd pulled a muscle. It was that sort of muscular pain. So I did all the normal things to try and fix it, but it didn't get better. So we went to the doctor and ended up having an x-ray and they found that I'd had a tumour growing in my femur bone, so the big bone above your knee. Um, yeah, completely out of the blue. I remember when they told me that I was going to hospital, I just laughed like it was a hysterical laugh. <laughs> I, it was just such a, 
such a shock. So they found out that it was uh, cancerous. Uh, so I had nine weeks of chemo, which was just awful. Uh, I basically vomited for nine weeks, I think. But it did the trick. It stopped the cancer. But at the end of that, that nine weeks, the doctors suggested that I have my leg amputated just to give a 100% guarantee that the cancer was all gone. Um, so that happened. My leg was amputated and... Yeah, I went to rehab. The months of rehab were really hard, really hard. But I think the biggest aspect of losing my leg for me was the grief of losing my physicality. For me, being physical, being very physically able, actually, I was always a really strong, fast, agile person and kid. That was the biggest grief. So I think... I've probably spent a lifetime working on that, working through that and regaining my relationship with my body in its different form. So when I lost my leg, I think it was it was so deep, the grief of what I'd lost, that I didn't actually attend to it or I didn't actually deal with it for many years. I think I actually packed it away into some box, into some chest at the bottom of the ocean somewhere. And I thought that I could just put it away. I thought that now that my leg's gone, I can't dance, I can't run, I can't do all the things that my heart and my soul wants to. And it was too painful to even think about. So I I did bury it and I buried it for, I think, at least 20 years. So I, I was married, I had children, I was working, we bought a house, you know, we you do all those things. I found having children... I brought up an, another unusual grief in that my body became someone else's. But my relationship with my body was, it was weird for many years until I went to a performance of a mixed ability dance group and I was watching them perform, being funny, being physical. Like all the people there were, were moving really differently and they were just accepting of how they moved and they were absolutely enthralled by what they were doing and, and we were laughing and I just thought I I want to do that I want to do that I want to I want to move again I want to explore what my body can do I was swimming at that point but not so much and I think I was, I was fairly unfit as well and the relationship with my body I think the conversation had sort of come to a standstill and I didn't really know my body anymore I didn't have a, a working relationship more comfortable relationship with it so I actually just took up creative dance with this group and for several years the rehearsing and the activities that they gave us to move our bodies it gradually brought me into communication with my body in the new way that it moved I would hear music and I would imagine a particular kind of movement but my body had to balance a different way and it, it actually forced me to learn its new language and sometimes that was hard and sometimes it was a joy so I think through that I began to fall in love with it again and to realize that it could do a whole lot. So I started I started riding a bike, so riding one-legged. I realized I could go really fast and that was an absolute thrill. And I was swimming and I was dancing. And it's just been an absolute homecoming to come back to my body, to love it and to be thrilled of what it can do.
So when I was a kid and going back to New Guinea, I was always in shorts and t-shirt. I always had short hair. I actually felt that I had no gender when I was a kid. And it it wasn't until we, we moved back to Australia when I was about 12 that I came across a culture where girls don't play footy on the, on the oval with the boys. Girls don't go jump in a pool when you have a pool party. So there was all of a sudden I, I came across these gender roles that were really strongly enforced on me at about 12. And so as you do when you're that age, you start hiding away those other parts that are laughed about or looked judgingly on and you start to kind of try and fit into what your environment's telling you to be. And I didn't even know that that was happening really. You know, it's, it's just a very subconscious assimilating. So in my 40s, I came to the realisation that I was gay and that was a complete surprise to me. So my sexuality actually coming home to that was another homecoming and again very much a part of how I move and how my body feels. So yeah, as you can imagine, that was a a big change that had huge ripples for my marriage and for my family. I think what I've come to realise over my life and it's it's taken me till I'm fifty, that for me, being physical is like the sort of essence of who I am, you know, one part of, of who I am. It's physical, but it's also spiritual, emotional, psychological. And I don't think we can separate those things. So for me, I've discovered that being active and making sure that I do it regularly is actually really vital for my happiness, for my mental health. I remember when, when I was going through my marriage breakup, I would get on my bike, my exercise bike, and I'd play music and I would go and go and go and go and go and I would do that every day and then when I was swimming if I wasn't swimming regularly enough my kids would say mum I think you need to go for a swim because when I went for a swim I always came back happy I came back joyful I came back integrated with my body my mind my soul so definitely being physical is almost like number one for my happiness So swimming gives me a weightlessness that I don't feel regularly, being one-legged. All my weight is on my arms or on my one leg. And there's a certain degree of, I guess, heaviness and sort of effort moving through the world. But when I get into the water, I am as free as a bird. So that's one aspect of it. But the other aspect of it is that I love being active, moving my body and pushing it and thinking about all the different things that I'm doing while I'm swimming. I love the cerebral and the physical aspect of swimming. When I swim, I also play. So after I do my laps, I go down to the deep end and I dive down like a dolphin. I'll dance because I wear these underwater headphones. I do spins, I do somersaults, I go to the bottom, I push up. And I basically play. I think it's the freedom of being in, in the water that I love the most. So obviously everything's changed around the world and individually since the coronavirus pandemic. And what that's done to my exercising is I can't go swimming, which was a regular thing. Uh, so that was the first thing that was taken away. Then I started hiking into in the forest and a week ago that was not allowed. So gradually my options are getting smaller. So what I am doing now is I'm actually walking more often. So when I say walking, I mean I use crutches. So it's not just a walk. It's usually quite an upper body workout. 
So again, I grab my headphones. Uh, sometimes I grab my daughter and she'll put her headphones on and we'll just go for a walk. Again, using the music to inspire us. So I do that. And also at home, I've got weights and I've got an exercise program from my physio. And I've actually just started doing TikToks with my 15-year-old daughter, which is hilarious and a little bit frustrating, <laughs> but gives me joy, absolute joy. Keeping my body maintained and keeping it in a state that makes me feel good is really key to my overall well-being because I know what I feel like when I'm lying on the couch and I'm eating chips. And I do that. I do. I'm not like a you know slave driver to myself. But I know that I do feel so much better when everything's working really well. And by that, I mean my body and my mind and my soul. When I don't feel like it, I usually ask myself why. And then I think back to, you know, when was the last time I exercised? It's just a matter of balance, you know, like I'm, I'm not going to be all super psyched every day. Like I actually don't exercise every day, but I know that say two or three times a week, I know that how much better I feel about myself, how much better I feel about the world. I feel optimistic. I feel empowered. I feel hopeful. I feel like I can achieve anything after I exercise. So knowing that, that's the effect of exercise. That gets me up when I don't really feel like it. I don't know if I go searching for those memories, but I come across parts of that experience. And actually last weekend, my daughter and I went up to the back of the Dandenongs in Melbourne and we were walking through a favourite forest trail that I love and it started raining and my daughter ran back to the car and I said, look, I just need to be out here a bit longer. So I started walking through the forest and I started running and I use crutches and you can't really run, but you can do like a bit of a hop and skip. And I just found myself running through the forest. It was humid, it was raining. As I was running, I was getting hot. And so I was feeling hot and sticky and I was just had this grin from ear to ear. So again, it was that active running and feeling my body doing the thing that it does, but in the midst of this beautiful wet that just oozes the breath of the forest. So yeah, I was, um, I did whoop a bit of a woohoo as, as I was running. I reckon that's about as close as it gets to reliving that memory. This Girl Can is an initiative of Vic Health. For more information about how to get yourself moving or to connect with clubs and groups in your local area, go to thisgirlcan.com.au or check out This Girl Can Vic on Facebook and Instagram. And we love to hear about women who are getting out and active, whether it's walking the dog, going for a ride or having a kick with your kids. So follow the hashtag thisgirlcanvic and celebrate women who are all kinds of active, no matter how well they do it, how they look or how sweaty they get. This episode was produced by Dewey Cook and edited by Nick King. Thanks for listening.